0: Hello and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today we are going to be talking about what people should do in marriages so that they don't feel like one person is doing more than the other person. So this is not going to be something about dividing chores, although that could be relevant as well. What it means is a more holistic view of what each person's strengths are as a partner and what they really bring to the table big picture. I have a post about that your parenting should be geared to your strengths. So, for example, if you hate playing make-believe, pretend, you don't have to. But if you're good at crafts or at showing them what it's like to be a confident, friendly person, person in the world that entertains and hosts, or you model physical fitness and enjoying being outside and doing physical things, whatever it is, you should work to your strengths. You shouldn't be trying to fix what you can't, which you're already bad at. It's just going to be depressing long term. Sure, you could get that a little bit up to snuff, but really focus on looking at how great you are and building upon the things that you're already pretty great at. Now with marriage, it's really no different. Here people are trying to be everything to their partner or to have their partner be everything to them. And meanwhile, they are not going deep in the areas that they are actually already pretty good at and or that the partner values the most. So for example, I say to women all the time, yeah, you do all these acts of service for your husband that doesn't care. Now, acts of service is a love language, by the way, so we can go back to love languages to uh, understand what those are. But I have a lot of posts on love languages on drpsychbomb.com. There's five love languages, acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, physical affection, and gifts. So anyhow, women who like to do acts of service say, oh, I make him so many dinners. I buy all of his socks. I get all the children's forms ready for school. And I'm like, would he like you to do all those hours of work or would he himself probably do all of that happily if you had more sex with him? Well, guess what? The man says, yes, I would do all of that stuff. Maybe not up to her standard, which refers back to my over-functioning podcast. But he would do it all happily if she were just to understand his love language more, which is physical affection and focus more on that. So there's basically two ways for you to focus on your your strengths one is your actual strengths like what you choose to do but the other one which makes you an even better partner is to focus on what the other person wants you to do the most and put all of your energy in there women could save themselves women with higher libido husbands which is not always the case that's two-thirds of the time only but women with higher libido husbands could save themselves hours and hours of doing crap that you know they're fine at don't really care sometimes resent for a half hour a day of physical affection, and have a much happier marriage. Similarly, men who are making a lot of money and say, oh, she really likes me to be a good provider. Well, does she really, or would she like you to be around more? And would she rather you to focus on quality time with her? And if you did that, you might as well take a job that didn't kill you, and you could earn a lot less. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So what this requires is taking a big picture, outside the box approach to looking at your relationship. It means that you might have to be a little bit politically incorrect because political correctness is not going to make you feel like a loving team so while everything might be nice if people were exactly twins in every domain and therefore had exactly the same strengths and weaknesses and could split everything right down the middle although actually that sounds terrible it sounds like if you had a weakness then both of you would have the same weakness who would be the strong partner in that But anyway, although people act like it might be nice for everybody to be exactly identical, the truth is no two people in a union are completely identical. And if you remember back to when you first got together, you probably thought that this was great, that you could be the yin to each other's yang, etc. So, for example, it may not be, again, politically correct to say you as the female like to rough house less with your son and your husband likes to do it more yet this is usually the case when it's not it's not i mean sometimes the genders are flipped so if you're going to tell me that your relationship is the opposite fine but if it is the case that he likes to rough house with your son more and you like to read to him more then why are we thinking about that uh, your partner's roughhousing only takes 10 minutes, but you read for 20 minutes? This is a surefire way to feel like crap about your relationship. This marital scorekeeping is very toxic. So, and also, would you really like if nobody liked to roughhouse with your son and both of you like to read to him? That would be very, um, it wouldn't be as good as you think. You would get pretty competitive about the reading. And your son would have nobody at a rough house with if he enjoys doing that, which I'm assuming he does in this situation. So how about we think about, let's say here, I'll do me. What are my strengths as a partner? Well, I enjoy physical touch, which is good for when you have a partner that likes physical touch. That's a positive. I like to cook. That's a positive. I do all the cooking. I like to work. So I'm making some money. I like Uh, to read to the kids there's one I like too what don't I like to do I don't like to do forms organizational stuff I don't like to do um, I don't like to clean I do I do some my husband does more Um, what does he like to do what is he good at he's good at the organizational stuff he's good at cleaning he's good at physical fitness going outside with the children modeling uh, what it's like to be somebody who takes a run every day I don't do that Um, he can cook, but he doesn't want to as much as I want to. So that's one that I do. He's real smart. He's funny. He'll play games that I don't play. He'll play some games for a long time. He played six hours of Monopoly the other day with my children. I don't do that. Um, he also likes physical touch. So, which is my love language. That's a positive, but we like very different things. Now, if I I could focus on, you don't cook any of the meals, Now, he would then go start to cook the meals, and then I might actually miss cooking the meals, for example. He might focus that I don't clean. If I started to clean, it probably would not be up to his standard or to do the laundry, which he has exacting standards on. (laughs) So anyhow, the point is, if you get caught in, I do more of this, you do more of that, without thinking what's actually valued by the other person and what you're actually good at, so you can be, like, awesome at it instead of just being mediocre— Then you get caught in this uh, tallying, this scorekeeping that really, A, it's real toxic for the relationship, but B, when your kids act like this, don't you hate it? I hate it. I hate, obviously, when the children are like, well, I put away um, eight of those shirts, and so you got to put away exactly eight of the shirts in your room, and I put away half of Monopoly, so now you got to put away half of Monopoly. I mean, you just want to scream, you know? And you want to say, what does it matter? We're all working together. We're all a team. You don't exactly have to do it exactly the right way. What's the point of this? The point is to be a good teammate. Meanwhile, if you're modeling this toxic nitpicky scorekeeping where nobody's actual strengths are recognized and nothing that matters to the other partner is recognized as much as keeping the balance sheet correct, then what are you modeling for your kids? Of course, they're going to act the same. It's not their fault. So not only do we want to work to our strengths, but okay, so let's say in in this um, situation, there's also something that matters very much to your partner that you're not very good at. So look, so what if your partner really likes going out dancing and you are a man that does not like to go out dancing? But all the time she talks about going out, going out, going out. I really want to go out. She's a big extrovert, right? She wants to go out dancing. She wants to go out drinking. She wants to have fun. You really don't like this. So should you be a jerk and say, you know what? My strength is cleaning the garage. So I'm going to do that while you go out with your friends. No, because this one really, really matters to her. It matters to her more than probably many other things. If she had to write down all the things that matter to her, one of them might be having an active social life where we go out dancing and drinking um, at least every other week. So then that's what you do for your wife, right? And you can take other hours out of your day in other places to rest up and prep yourself mentally for going out and being a fake extrovert for one night. Of course, I talk constantly about how physical affection and intimacy is is very similar. If your husband or wife really values sex, and you're so tired from doing all these other things that they don't value, that maybe you are really good at, you know, but they still don't value it, and you're so tired from doing all that that you can't have sex, well, what's the point? They don't want you to be doing all of that stuff. They want you to be having sex. So what my point is, is again, to take a big picture view, work to your strengths in a relationship and to what your partner really values. All of the things that you don't really like doing and you're not really good at and your partner doesn't value, see if you can outsource them or see if your husband or wife will take them over for you. If you are a woman who is too tired to be physically intimate because you're doing so much cleaning, stop cleaning, stop cleaning. Tell them that straight out. I don't have the time or the desire to have sex because I'm cleaning all the time. So either you can clean, and uh, I'm going to try to be flexible about what my standards are with that, or we can hire somebody to clean. If you're saying that you are doing that for the sake of the relationship and because you finally understand that he really would rather physical intimacy than a clean house, but he's willing to say, all right, fine, we'll spend the money on it, cool, or I'll do it, I think most guys are, at least the ones that I work with in couples counseling, which are a fair amount. Similarly, if you're somebody who hates doing uh, looking up summer camps or something for the children, and you feel flooded with resentment and you don't want to uh, smile or laugh or have fun with your partner because you, from February to March, are looking up summer camps and you don't like it and it's not a strength, then say to your partner I'm not doing summer camps you got to do summer camps if you do summer camps I'm going to be a happier person overall I'm going to smile I'm going to laugh we are going to touch I am going to be in a better mood the problem is most people act like a martyr about these things and then like 10 years later like literally I mean I'm a couples counselor it happens like 10 years later somebody will be like you remember when for 15 years I did all the summer camp enrollment now who does that help that's terrible For 15 years, you're doing some shit you don't want to do. The person had no idea how much you didn't want to do it. From your little pointed, passive-aggressive jibes about it, they really thought that you were just in a bad mood. How are they supposed to know? Because from the perspective of that person, if you really hated it that much, you probably wouldn't have done it. So, and, and that's what people think about people doing stuff that they don't want to do. Usually, people think if they really didn't want to do it that much, they'd stop doing it, which, you know, is true to a large degree because you're not asking the other person to do it because maybe you think that they can't do it well enough or maybe you kind of secretly like being the one who picks out the summer camps or whatever. So to summarize here, you want to have A model of parenting, parenting, I talk about that so much, (laughs) but it's not parenting in this case, marriage. You want to have a model of marriage where each person is actually doing stuff that is valuable and makes them feel good, valuable to the other partner and to the relationship as a whole and makes them feel good because it's not something that they're bad at and don't want to do. Now, of course, you're going to come into some trouble where the thing that you really don't want to do is the thing that your partner most values. But in that case, it's not zero sum. You can start doing some more of the dreaded task, whether that's going out dancing or whether that's being more physically affectionate or whether that is um, cleaning more or helping with summer camp or whatever and see how happy they become if they become happier then you stop resenting it so much it's magic because you really see the true change in your partner when their special thing that they love so much gets addressed instead of completely invalidated It's also very important to be honest about what you are doing for you and what you are doing for the family or for your partner. So this requires a lot of in-depth introspection. So let's say that you like to have the house decorated a certain way. Admit that this is for you. Your husband doesn't care how the house is decorated. The kids probably don't care how the house is decorated. As long as the house looks pretty normal, then nobody really cares except probably you. So it's kind of bad form and not very honest to say to your husband, well, I'm so busy from doing everything that needs to be done, including decorating the house, that, you know, I'm not up for anything that you want us to do. And somehow implying that this is not just selfish. It's just as selfish as if he tries to go, you know, snowboarding for the weekend and he leaves you with the kids and then he tried to come back and say, well, I really needed to do that for the family. No, he didn't. He wanted to do that for himself, which is fine, as long as it's not treated as though it is in a category that it isn't. People do this all the time if they have control issues. So if they have control issues, they'll say, oh, I need to do the cooking, the cleaning, the the uh, car maintenance, the lawn, whatever, a certain way, a certain frequency, which is pretty high compared to other people doing the same thing, and I need to do it, and that's something that I'm doing for the family. Well, it may just be because you have kind of OCD, either real or colloquial about this certain topic or you are just a control freak or an over Overfunctioning Over is a topic that I talk about a lot. So the point is is if you are honest with yourself you need to put things into various buckets. There's the things you do for yourself to make you happy, things that you may do for your children, and things that you do for your spouse. And if the things that you are saying you're doing for your spouse are things that they don't really care about and would prefer other things, then that's not very smart. That's not a very good use of your time, and it's not going to make your partner feel loved. Also, if everything that you end up doing is something that you are not that good at, well, then, of course, you are going to end up hating everything. So if you have the job of bedtime with the children and you are the least patient person in the world, that's a bad job for you. Whereas maybe something more fun like bath time or exercise time or... Playing with them outside or whatever is much better for you to do with the children. People have to work to their strengths and when they're doing something for somebody else, make sure they actually want you to be doing it. There are a lot of good conversations that you could be having with your spouse out of all the things that I do, quote, for you, which are the ones that you value the most and really try to get your ego out of it. Because if you're somebody who bursts into tears at the slightest insult, which many of us highly sensitive people are, then, you know, you don't really know if what your spouse is saying is accurate or if they're always trying to spare your feelings. You could see their motivation for the latter, right? So say, out of these things that I do, I cook dinner, we have sex, I plan trips, I take care of the kids' school stuff. Out of those things, which are important to you, and they... They, their answer may be different than what you think. Similarly, if you are doing a lot of things that you hate to do and your spouse has said, Listen, why don't we outsource them? Hey, maybe you could be open to that. Maybe if you're somebody that really hates cooking and your spouse agrees to get a uh, either, I mean, he doesn't have to agree for you to stop cooking, but he could agree to get some kind of a meal service or to do the cooking in the way that you want or to order in or what have you listen to it don't overfunction. don't martyr yourself doing something that you hate doing so anyhow to recap <clears throat> my point is that you should not be expending your effort at stuff that's going to make you feel bad with no with no um benefit to your partner right? Do the things that you love, divide the things in the house up so that everybody gets to do things that they actually enjoy and are good at, and or things that are super important to the other person, which will, if you think about it differently, make you feel very good. They will make you feel like your best self and that you are really trying here for the sake of the marriage. And when you see how happy your spouse is, then you may enjoy doing these things intrinsically, just as you do when you do some annoying crap for your children and they really enjoy it, then you start to enjoy it. This refers back to my podcast on how people treat their kids better than their spouse. Well, that is no exception in the amount of stuff that people will do for their kids is transcends exponentially the amount of stuff that they will do for their spouse. You would never tell your son, oh, look, I tried so hard to paint your room this color that you hate. Aren't you happy that I painted your room this color that you hate? No. You would ask your son, what is the color you would like me to paint your room? Or if you just chose a color and he really hated it, you would not probably feel too good about that. You certainly wouldn't say to him, well with all the shit that I do around the house and the fact that you don't help me with anything you should be glad that I painted your room in this crazy color. But yet people say that to their spouse all the time. Here's this shit that you don't like to eat. You should be happy that I cooked it. Who does all the cooking around here? Now that is a marriage that sounds like it is not tremendously intimate or healthy and people talk to their spouse like that implicitly or explicitly constantly. So if you enjoy this podcast or you found it useful, share it with your partner. Again, you should be sharing these things, uh, any sort of podcast, book, article, TV show. I'm not doing one of those yet, but who knows? I'm only 40, maybe in the second half of my life. Um, But anyhow, you should be sharing all of these sorts of media with your partner to provoke conversations that could, if you're, If you really focus, they could pretty much approximate what you might get out of couples counseling, you know, and they're they're all free. So this is really what you ought to be doing if you feel at all that your marriage could use some work, meaning translation, if you're married, because you should be working on your marriage, no matter how happy you are, you should always be kind of focusing on keeping it that way. And of course, if it's not that happy, focus on getting it there. So anyway, use all of these tools at your disposal to provoke conversations where you two genuinely try to learn more about one another in new and different ways and start interesting conversations. Okay, well, that's a wrap. And I will speak to you guys later. Bye-bye.